Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as the This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Stephen, we're about ready to talk about a film, and I think we might ruin some plot points. Yeah, we're going to talk about Spectre here in just a moment, and if you haven't watched the movie... Just go watch it now and then come back and listen to our conversation because we do spoil a lot of stuff and we do yeah. go into the plot quite a bit. Although if you are someone that's into spoilers, you've probably gone over to the wiki page or whatever and read the entire plot right. point right there. So we just don't want to be the reason that you come back like you ruined it. I'm like, hey, bro, we told you. Yeah. So spoiler warning in effect. Welcome to a very special shaken, not stirred episode of Zach on film. I am Zach. Sitting across the room from me is the one, the only, the Mick Master on the controls, Steven Schleicher. Hello. Hello. Uh, what what was your uh, double call name? Your 00910? Do they have double O digits? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if they digits? have double O double digits. Double O double digits. I think there must be only nine because Ray Fiennes is, uh, didn't they say 009? You need to, yeah, he's yeah, 009. So he would be the top of the mm. of the chain, I would imagine. Is there so. double O? I don't so? know. You Maybe. Double O-O? I bet it would be a triple O. But triple O. I bet it's a one through set, one through nine. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if you can't tell, Stephen and I just walked out of the latest James Bond film, Spectre. Yeah. The conclusion of the Sam Mendes, Daniel Craig Bond movies. Although, um, if you believe what the the rumor sites are saying, uh, now Daniel Craig seems to be interested oh, really? in another James Bond movie if they want to do it. Although this movie is kind of a nice exit for yes. for Daniel Craig mm-hmm. as James Bond. Um, and also for Sam Mendes, too. Right. So, what did you think? Um, Should we give away, I mean, uh, obviously we'll give away the, the plot. Let's say, right? let's just say giant spoilers ahead. Yes. So, um, James Bond has been tracking down those people who killed M and it's been referenced multiple times through uh, the Daniel Craig movies about the introduction of Spectre. It was mm-hmm. first mentioned, I believe um, at least uh, with Lashif at the uh, end of uh, uh, Casino Royale, but then more specifically in quantum of silent uh, uh, silence. And then from there, it's just kind of built mm-hmm. until the big reveal here that um, uh, someone from James Bond's past, someone that he knows very well is now the head of Spectre, the right. evil organization. And they do introduce Ernst Stavro Blofeld, which is what people have been expecting all along because mm. they were like, well, if Spectre is going to be here, then Blofeld must be here. Mm. And a lot of people know Donald Pleasant's best as Blofeld and you only know twi- only live twice. Uh, we've seen him before in uh, um, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, played by Telly Savalas and Never Say Never Again by Max Vancito. And uh, Charles Gray in Diamonds Are Forever, which was probably an, another good one. But I think most people know da- uh, Pleasant's best mm-hmm. as uh, as uh, Blofeld. And now we get um, Christoph Waltz right. as the new Blofeld. Right. And so, you know, Bond has to make a decision at the end. Does he kill, um, not really his half-brother, but somebody he grew up with? Mm-hmm. Um, or does he just kind of walk away from it all and uh, ride off into the sunset with a girl? Right. And so that's kind of what the movie's about. Yeah, pretty much. And then there's this uh, subplot in there with Spectre right. and the MI5 taking mm-hmm. over MI6 of mass surveillance right. and the dangers that it could cause. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if it was so much. I wish there would have been in the movie. I wish there would have been a better argument for why the mass surveillance was needed. And mm-hmm. I know that C uh, got up and made the pitch to the nine uh, countries or the six countries or whatever that they were. Yeah. Um. But nowhere in there did they really say why surveillance would have been the optimal way to go, right? I mean, they kept saying, oh, a man on the field can't do anything that we can do, but they never said, how are we solving problems by sharing this information? Mm-hmm. So I wish that would have been a little bit of a stronger element, um, but they did kind of hit the audience over the head with, oh, when this thing goes online and they were essentially connecting multiple secret service agencies around the world into one central network. Right. Uh, that when the the system went online, um, that they would be able to 
do any anything better than any spy, any double O agent would right. do. And that so is, they were going to shut down the MI6 program. Right, right, right. And they're like, well, we'll all work together and we'll all share information. Right. We'll all be safe. We'll all be fine. It'll be great. Right. It'll be a great, great utopia that was. Yeah. But yeah, it was just kind but, of but they did hit the, on there. Yeah, but they did hit the audience over the head with, oh, this Orwellian future that we are creating yeah. and that kind of stuff. And yeah, okay, that's fine. Sure. It, it was a pretty heavy handed um you know thing to say which is interesting because if i'm not mistaken uh the uk great britain london uh is uh one of the most heavily surveillanced areas oh, it on is. the planet oh it is so yeah. <laughs> i just find that rather interesting yeah 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 it's uh it is when it started happening that subplot started unfolding like it's interesting that this franchise is taking on that notion of giant surveillance, just kind of like we saw in, uh, you know, uh, Captain America, right? Uh, Winter Soldier, that was in mm-hmm. there. It's been in other kind of things. I mean, it's always a plot in sci-fi movies, but right. to see it featured uh, in this kind of movie is really interesting. To see mm-hmm. that it's, you know, it is this thing people are talking about, and we have issues with it and positives with it, and uh, what does it all mean? But now it's being interwoven into of our mass media now. Right. Right. Um, so credits are rolling. Mm-hmm. What, what's going through your mind initially as this movie's wrapping? Oh, at the end? Yeah. I mean, just like, what, what was your initial oh, okay. thought of like, uh, where does it rank as Bond? Did you like the movie um, in general? So it wasn't, you know, if we look at all Bond films, yeah. this is not by far the worst Bond film. There are many no, others yeah. that I could, uh, list that are horrible Bond films. Um, this is also not the greatest Bond film mm-hmm. of them all. I mean, I still have, I still think Dr. No and Honor Majesty's Secret Service and Skyfall are much better movies than this. In the Daniel Craig run of, um, uh, of being James Bond, this was a good movie. It's probably third of the four Daniel mm-hmm. Craig movies. Even though I like Quantum of Solace, uh, Solace, that's what it is. Quantum of Solace, a lot better than uh than people give it credit for um it still wasn't as good as this movie i mm. don't think mm. uh, quantum of solace was a fairly short movie if i remember correctly it seems to be i know it's not 90 minutes or something like that but it seems to be fairly short it's as not, far as the like story goes the 140 that this last two have been yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean i kind of i you know i like it but if i were to pick the craig movies it would be um from favorites skyfall casino royale uh specter mm-hmm. and then quantum of solace mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of what it is. And there were some things in the movie, I think, that really bothered me that I wish they would not have done. Uh, and I think that would have made it higher on my list. But, I mean, that's where it sits. What about mm-hmm. with you? Well, for me, this is only the second Craig movie I've seen. Oh, okay. Because I heard such not good things about the first two. Oh, really? You should watch Casino Rail. Yeah, it's really okay. good. Yeah. Um, and then I came in on Skyfall. Mm-hmm. And Skyfall blew me away. It was, yeah. like, the best Bond movie. I've, obviously, I haven't seen all the Bond movies. I've seen a handful because they're always on tv right um that was above the rest i mean that was an amazing just not even a bond film just a great film of yeah. that year yeah um so i had some high expectations coming into this and uh i am not that impressed with this movie how come what what did you not what uh, bothered you about it, the, this movie? The, the problem i had with specter in general is just that it was unentertaining <laughs> Really? It was, it, I thought it uh, just, you know, just waddled along in the plot that it uh, wasn't engaging at all. I thought as a, you know, Bond in this moment, as you know, Bond is generally this detached character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unemotional, but like he didn't have any of kind of the emotional resonance that you get from Skyfall with right. a different um, kind of personal storylines interwoven through this, and they, mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously tried to do that with, oh, he grew up with him, but right. it's like, well, well, sure, okay. But that, that was in, uh, from a cinematography standpoint, I thought mm-hmm. Skyfall was heads above. This. Right, I right, thought there right. were some, definitely some great scenes, yeah, uh, some great shots in Spectre, but, uh, you know, Skyfall was just riddled with some of the best mm-hmm. photography of the year. Let me let me uh, counter the way you said the story didn't really do much for you. You thought it was kind of plotting. Yeah. Let me counter that with, and I, I'm not saying, and I kind of agree with you that there's a lot of dull spots mm-hmm. in here, but let me counter it with 
the whole main story that's going through okay. information versus personal, sure. right? So with the electronic age and what uh, C was trying to do, MI5 was trying to do is they want instant access to everything. They want to be able to solve everything in a heartbeat, yeah. right? The point uh, M was making played by Ray Fines was it takes legwork. It takes someone out in the field, putting all this together. And what I really liked about this movie is something that kind of takes me back to some of the, some of the really good James Bond movies where he is going from location to location to location. Mm -hmm. And even though a lot of times he's just going from location to location to location in the other movies just to show off a location, in this case, he's going from one location to the other and he's trying to find a clue Mm -hmm. that leads him to the next destination. And in order to do that, you have to show that there's a lot of physical work that has to go in. It's just not calling things up on Google or Wikipedia. And they even make that point when M or uh, I'm sorry, when, um, Q and Moneypenny come in and say, look, we've looked at the satellites and here's where they're going and look what's out here. And he's, and M is like, sorry, he's on his own. He's got to take care of this himself. And so I think, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, put the, uh, director's intent or mm-hmm. the creator's intent in here, but it almost seems like this had to be, and, and Skyfall was very slow, but this one had to be kind of slow to show you that it does take a person to do all this stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to just looking it up on, on Wikipedia or Google. And so that would be no, my, that I would mean, be I my get, justification for being that slow. But I agree with you that there are points in this movie where it's like really slow. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's the, that's the a plot. Uh, the B plot is of course, everything that M and his team are doing. Mm-hmm. The C plot would be the love story part of it. Yeah. And I think the love story part of it really wasn't solid. No. And I think that's what kind of turned me off on this yeah. um, because there was not enough in the in the movie, in the narrative that we were given to show that she's in love with him and mm-hmm. that he's in love with her, especially when we've seen in past movies a much stronger relationship with women who ultimately turned against him or died um, or even, you know, there was a much stronger uh, connection in um, Her Majesty's Secret Service where he actually gets married and she gets killed at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there are those elements that I know what they were trying to do in the film, but it just didn't come off. And I don't know if, you know, if they needed another 20 minutes or something to explore that a little further, but they really didn't. And it seemed very forced. The C part of the mm-hmm. of the story was really brought up to almost the A story. Yeah. And it really didn't work in this film. No, you're right. The, the main A story and the B story were great, but the forced love interest, the, I think, ruined Forcing it for the love thing was the almost the hammiest part of this entire film because, well, yeah. you know, she's drinking in the hotel room and they're like, oh, sexual tension. And then he's like, oh, break down a wall. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the worst part, well, besides the fact that she said, I love you. Yes. When he's like, are you kidding? You've known him for, I right. think. Maybe two I days. I think 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah. So maybe two, two, two days, two of, days. Yeah. of real life. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm, I can't, I can't do this. I can't yeah, and then look she's away. Ready to walk away. She should have just said, I'm going to walk away and be kidnapped really quick. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Because I know you're not done with this movie yet. Right, right, right. That right. was just... There were, yeah, and so here's my other thought as I was watching this film is that Skyfall did an excellent job of deconstructing everything that people remember about James Bond. Mm -hmm. The Aston Martin or or whatever car it was. Yeah. Um, The the guns that he used, even taking it back to his homestead and seeing the homestead burn. I mean, everything about that movie was deconstructing everything that people know essentially about the uh, Sean Connery Bond. Mm Mm-hmm. This film seemed to almost be a, I don't want to say celebration, but a reflection on all of the other bonds that we had. So when um, Bond goes to the uh, clinic to meet Dr. Swan, Mm -hmm. man, that's totally out of Her Majesty's Secret Service where they have to go. And that's where Blofeld is hidden up on top of this cliff up in Switzerland. I think it's Switzerland or Germany, somewhere around there. And um, there's this whole adventure up in this ski chateau lodge clinic place. And then you've got opening bits with uh, the Day of the Dead Festival, which is a little bit like the uh, Carnival Festival in, um, I think it's Diamonds Are Forever. And then there are, um, then there's going down the mountain during the plane escape, which felt very much like the Pierce Brosnan. I think Mm -hmm. it's Pierce Brosnan escape in the cello uh, kind of thing. And then there's just a bunch of gags that are supposed to elicit 
uh, laughs from the audience. And they did, like when Bond at the beginning falls down and you're like, oh my God, how's he? And then he lands yeah. on the couch. Um, that's kind of Roger Moore kind of jokey kind of James Bond stuff. And I think that the, you know, the to me, and I know a lot of people don't agree, but the worst period of James Bond beyond Pierce Brosnan uh, <laughs> um, was Roger Moore because they really turned it all into a slapstick of spy stuff with mm-hmm. the over intricate gadgets and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought every time I'd see, you know, the thing, there were two moments, especially where I just kind of rolled my eyes landing on the couch. Yeah. And then once they finally got Dave Bautista out the, um, out the train and they're sitting there and she looks at him and goes, what are we going to do next? And oh. then they're, then they're instantly like, let's get yeah. it on. Oh my gosh. And I was like, that's hacky. That's hacky Roger Moore stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just rolled my eyes both times at that and just thought, dumb. Mm-hmm. And oh, I agree. Both of those moments, because you know, what are we going to do now? Like, oh, well, here's the one sex scene in the Bond film. Here we go. Let's get yeah. it over with. Yeah. And so I think that I think it's those kind of moments where that they just put in there that's like, hey, remember all the other great Bond films that that didn't star Sean Connery? <laughs> here's here's kind of a... a a splash of all those films for you. Mm-hmm. And that kind of really drew attention to itself and took mm-hmm. me out of the story. And I think that's why it fell so far down the list yeah, uh, to number three. And as I think about it, maybe it's really should be number four of the Craig films. Mm. I um, mean, cause even watching it, you're right. It does have that feeling of older bonds, which I thought of, mm-hmm. which was like, Oh, that's probably why I don't like this one as much because yeah, yeah. most bond films will be on some yeah, movie t- marathon TBS or something. Like, All right, I'll give this 30 minutes and I'm done. Eh, yeah, let's yeah. go do something else. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just almost verging on board most of it. Mm. And uh, it's not, you know, because you can do a slow movie and it can be engaging. Right. Um, but I just thought, I don't know, I thought the dialogue was really sparse and then when it came mm-hmm. in, it wasn't very effective. Well, even, I mean, Dave Bautista, I think, is a good actor. Yeah. He got one word in this whole movie. Yeah, and giving him that one word, you should have just let him Yeah, yeah, just let him go off out. Because I, not to say anything, after you, he, after you mountain a guy yes. and gouge his eyes out. He is the equivalent of Jaws yes. in the uh, other Bond films, yeah. right? I don't think he ever said anything. Mm. And it would have been, I mean, if they really wanted to kind of reference all those kinds of things, they would have seen him get yanked off the train, presumably dead. And then at the end, as they're driving off, you see him step into the into the frame and mm-hmm. kind of look at the camera and, and uh, kind of walk off. You know, that would have been a very kind of Roger Moore thing. Right. <laughs> um, so it, I thought he was good in, in the part of the heavy. Yeah. Uh, the fight sequence that they had on the train, I thought was interesting. And, mm-hmm. and, but, uh, I, I think they could have given him a little bit more mm. to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, the action sequences. Yeah. Did you like those? I thought, yeah, I thought they were good for the most part. I think I've seen better. I think, um, you know, in our editing class way back yeah, when yeah, I was we in looked school, at Casino Royale. Casino Royale's mm-hmm. opening, that was the opening scene, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that, uh, chase scene was uh, probably on par, if not better than most stuff we saw mm-hmm. in this one. Mm-hmm. For the opening sequence, um, I didn't think it was the greatest. Op- I thought they did a couple of long takes mm-hmm. and they try to make you think this is one. I think I right, saw right. like two edits in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. And then, I mean, they set it up nicely with him listening in the ring and everything. Right. Um, you know, I thought the opening sequence was fine. Yeah. Um, actually, seeing we think of other ones, car so chase was, was nice. The car chase through Rome, yeah. which again had another Roger Moore yes with gag the little, in there with a little guy in the, the little car, and it was mm-hmm. just like, Ugh, okay. Uh, then there was the next one would have been the uh, chateau or the clinic down the. Uh, down oh. the Austrian. Uh, yeah, that one definitely. When you said Pierce Brosnan, that definitely felt like what was that? Goldmine, beginning yeah, of Goldmine. I don't know if it's Goldmine. Gold, World's not enough or whatever. No, it was. it was like earlier. Who was before Pierce Brosnan? Who was the guy before him? I'd have to look uh, up all the bonds. I remember. But um, uh, so yeah, there's another movie where he's like sliding down in a cello case, and it may be Gold. No, it's not Gold. Maybe it is Goldeneye. I don't know. Right? I don't remember. But um, yeah, and then so then after that would have been the um train fight scene, which was good, which I thought was, good, was really was well scene. executed. Yeah. And then, um, then the fight Clinic. scene at the, uh, the fight scene at the, um, 
the at Blofeld's. Yeah, Blofeld's place. Yeah, Blofeld's um, place. And then which they was kind of short lived, but I think I think it was it was very Bond and the way he is like fighting against the big bad guy in his big mm-hmm. soliloquy moment and gets her to throw the watch and right. Uh, you know, you get some of those stuffs in there, which was you know it was good. Oh, uh, Timothy Dalton. That's oh the, Dalton. That's yeah. the one. I think it was uh, I think Daylights. Let's see who was, else was in that one. I don't know. It's one of the Timothy Dalton ones with the uh, cello case. You know, uh, back to Blumfield's big compound. Yeah. You Blumfield, know, he, he yeah. Uh, hits the button, all the screens come up, everyone just stands up. I'm like, uh-huh. that was freaky. I wish they I would have done something more I know. with the freaky nature of what they were doing yeah, to kind yeah. of really build up this mystique of the big, bad, uh, mm-hmm. crazy man. Because mm-hmm. uh, they could have had like rush bond, and that would have been terrifying. Or just yeah, yeah, yeah. something with all the weird people always controlling mm-hmm. people. Because mm-hmm. even, um, you know, they say C was his like protege right essentially right to show more of that relationship but see them they didn't actually interact at all in the entire film mm-hmm. um which really separated like the a and b plots like a lot and they right. didn't really twine them up very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but how, how did you like christoph waltz as the main big bad? yeah i like him he's very versatile right i mean mm-hmm. he can go from very intimidating um what was he in um the Nazi guy. Uh, oh, in Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Very scary guy there to just some uh, just some very interesting roles. And mm-hmm. he looks different. Like, wasn't he in Fred? Didn't he play Fred in the movie where he's wearing a paper mache head uh, the entire time? Oh, no, that was uh, Fassbender. Oh, Fassbender. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, Waltz was in Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, yes. Yes, so he's great in that. He was, he was also, great in Zero Theorem. Yeah, Zero Theorem. Which was fantastic. Favorite movie of last year. Um... So yeah, but then he's also done some you know crappy projects like Green Hornet. And, oh sure, and uh, Three Musketeers. But you know, I think he's very versatile, and mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. And the other thing that I liked is that they gave him the scar that most people associate with Blofeld that go, mm-hmm. that runs down, and the fact that he wasn't killed at the end means that there's a an option for him to either escape or to be there's not enough. In, evidence because bond blew everything up mm-hmm. and so then he can go out and become a villain again mm-hmm. so i kind of like that a lot and we do know that this is not the last bond film because they say at the end of the credits james bond will return right um whether it's daniel craig or not i don't know i kind of like daniel craig but um, i do i do like craig as bond i think he's a good bond he yeah, is yeah. getting kind of old oh yeah yeah there were he's in this season. oh yeah 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 um but uh yeah i thought uh i thought christoph waltz did a fantastic job how how do you stack him up against uh, Harvey Bardem from the last film? I thought he was a really good villain. Um, I like Christoph Waltz better. I like I like Blofeld better as a as a villain and a character. The he, other guy just seemed to be a little, you know, and that's the point that they. You. Well, that was the point of yeah. what they were trying to do is that M had made every all these agents crazy over mm-hmm. the years. Um, but no, I think Blofeld was much more calculating yeah. and really playing the long game mm-hmm. as far as revenge goes. I yeah, mean, sure. here's a guy that, you know, ever since he killed his dad, when James was 10 or something like that, killed his, uh, his own father. Uh, he's been plotting this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you James Bond kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I like that a lot. Now, uh, with these Mendez's films, these four, uh-huh. how they run together. Yeah. That's unique for Bond and it's, in a in a way, uh, right? There they are all like tangentially run together, but yeah, not they as they, close as these. they do kind of t- uh, run together in parts. I think if you look at um, uh, Doctor No, Thunderball, and I think it's Her Majesty's Secret Service, they have a more through line mm-hmm. with them uh, than than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they haven't been exactly tied together because when they were originally written and from the books they're on, this is a James Bond adventure. So you don't need to know these other stories in order to enjoy this one James Bond adventure. But Mm -hmm. I do like that. And it really, really started more intensely with uh, quantum of solace with the specter storyline that it really, really, really builds Mm -hmm. up. And I do like that. Right. Um, there, but there are just too many, repeated moments i think in this movie Mm. that kind of again if this was a look back at all the bond films there were themes that ran through this film that we already saw in skyfall such as disobeying a direct order and going out on his own right uh to uh you know the the secrets that we saw in skyfeld and also in Mm. uh quantum solace and uh uh, casino royale i I don't know there it's i don't know it it's a 
good James Bond film. Mm -hmm. It's not a great James Bond film. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think... I mean, it's a James Bond film, right? I mean, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's not like they are these cinematic masterpieces. No, I mean, they, no. they and, are legendary for what it, they are. And if you think about it, Casino yeah. Royale really re-injected the James Bond series. Yeah. Quantum of Solace essentially flopped. Mm -hmm. Skyfall was fantastic. And now we get Spectre, which I don't know what the box office numbers are. I mean, this is the first couple of days that the movie has been uh, out. Right. And uh, in the UK, I believe it's already brought in $40, million, well. yeah. $40 million. But they're saying that – I was reading a uh, story on either Variety or Hollywood Reporter that it needs to make $650 million worldwide just to break even. Wow. And if it doesn't clear a billion dollars, they're really going to be disappointed in the film. Wow. Yeah. So – and if you look at it, the budget for the film is somewhere around $300 million. Mm -hmm. And if you think of double that for your uh, P&E, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, then it's, and it's easily $600 million. So they're going to have to make some money on this. Yeah, absolutely. They're gonna want to make. How about Skyfall did pretty well at the box oh, office. Skyfall, from what I remember. it did. I don't remember if it made a billion dollars, but yeah. it did a it did a fantastic job and is hailed as a very very good James Bond film. Right, 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 right. And that obviously will help. And you know, the James Bond name was it's the twenty fourth film, uh, so it's something, something like that. It's more than that. That is cultural. Right. That people can latch onto, and yeah. it's like one of those things you just it's like a comfort movie almost or a mm -hmm. comfort idea. Of a film, or you would go if you are a James Bond fan. There's no way you're not going to see the new James Bond movie, right? Even if it is horrible. Yeah, and knowing that this might be your last Daniel Craig James Bond, there's an incentive there. The last Sam Mendes, that's mm -hmm. the uh, incentive there. Uh, Skyfall worldwide has brought in 1.1 billion dollars uh, domestically in the United States, 300 and, mm -hmm. 300 million dollars. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if they have any any things for um, Spectre just yet, as far as numbers go. Nope, because this is the opening week. Already in worldwide box office, it's $80 million. Mm. Two hours and 28 minutes, this movie. Too long? I mean, from the fact that I thought it was a little plotting, possibly. Um, but it didn't, f you know, it didn't actually feel It's actually long. longer than Skyfall. I didn't think it actually felt no, it that didn't. long. No, it's it's five minutes five minutes longer than, yeah. than Skyfall. Interesting. Which is, yeah, which, now that I think about it, I thought the movie was slow, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like it was too long. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, it it the movie gave you everything that you needed to to get in order to get this message of it takes a person in the field and this is what they have to do, mm -hmm. and everything that James Bond dealt with. The only thing he, well, I mean, there was nothing that he dealt with that was super technological. I no. mean. Uh, again, another hacky Roger Moore thing: the driving in the car and flipping the switches, and they're all not yeah. working. I mean, that's just Roger Moore stuff. You know, it was really surprising. Q injects Bond with these nano blood things in the beginning, right, so they can right, track him. Right. I assumed from that moment the bad guys would yes. track Bond. Yes. And they never say that. Obviously, they probably had that ability to until Q deleted or whatever he right. did. Mm -hmm. But they never said that there was. Well, like but they were tracking the him. assumption is that that's why Bautista's character could find him, could find him so right. easily. And that's why I thought they eventually would, him. he would do something in his fun compound. They're like, oh, look, we've been following yeah, yeah. you because we work with C and everything. Right, right, right. Um, but that never happens. Like, huh, that's interesting. Seems a little bit wasted at yeah. some points. Yeah. But, you know, Bond is dealing with everything that's kind of old school. I mean, mm -hmm. the only way he's able to find the headquarters for Blofeld is because he has to travel to this hotel, bust through a wall, and look at all this stuff from like 1987, VHS mm -hmm. tapes and old satellite stuff. So right. I think I think it doesn't feel slow because it's showing you the method. And I think yeah. for that reason, the movie really works on, on that level, but I'm not sure all audiences are going to get that. Mm, yeah. I wish this would have been an R rated movie. I want, I would be interested to see what they could have done with an R rated movie, but I don't think they can do that anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think, I don't think, numbers? I don't think, no. I, I, yeah. I, and I, of course, no bond film has ever been R rated. Right. But it would be interesting to see what would happen. I mean, we and I think probably the interesting test will come with Deadpool mm. because that is a comic book movie, right? right. But it's got a hard R mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting to see how those numbers do. And if the m numbers on Deadpool go through the roof, 
then it may encourage other studios to say, hey, you know, maybe it's okay if we have a little bit more violence or a little bit more language. Mm -hmm. I don't think language is needed in James Bond, but it did seem like it needed a little, an extra oomph or kick yeah. to get into into gear. So I mean, what would you think? Do you think it would just be violence? Obviously, I think a little bit more violence, yeah. I think, would be what I would expect because even the fight scenes were rather tame. And mm-hmm. if you if you remember... They just busted through, granted it's cheap plywood walls in a train and got it busted up and cracked his head and probably has a concussion. (laughs) Uh, And then they go and get it on. And then they're riding in a car and there's not a scratch on him. Mm -hmm. You would think he would be at least a little bruised. Right. Now, unless it took longer than a day to get uh, to their destination, Mm -hmm. still, still... Not a scratch on him or her. And she got punched around too. Yeah, she did. So I I don't, and I think that's because they want to keep it. I mean, if you remember, you you haven't seen Casino Royale. No. It gets, it is super brutal at the end of that movie. Isn't the one they like whip him in the Yes, yes, People told me about that. It is super brutal. And he does not come out unscathed in that, Mm. that movie. Um, Here though, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that in the next set of Bond films that we get, that we'll get our first thing of nudity of Bond because there's never really been nudity in Bond before. There's just been a lot of implied. Yeah, well, and my you know, my whole thing and... has always been you guys got to watch the opening sequence to the Bond films because they always feature naked ladies. Oh yeah, they're it's just like how can we place shadows on right. this person? Which I think is I, I thought the the opening credit was really good in that. Yeah, I thought the really opening credit some was really good. some really yeah. nice things in that. Um, now probably not. See, that's a thing. I don't think that they would ever go that far with Bond. And mm-hmm. I think with the Broccoli family, I don't think that they would let that, I don't think they would let it go mm-hmm. that far either. So okay. I think we're probably going to end up with PG-13 movies going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people are really championing, um, um, uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba as the next Bond, which mm-hmm. would be very interesting if they did that. And it would be very interesting if they just... See, I I think a lot of people over the years have kind of speculated on this, and it kind of works if James Bond is not a person, but James Bond is your code name. Just like 007 is your name. If you retire, someone else steps in and takes the identity of James Bond and 007. That was kind of thrown out the window with Skyfall because Mm -hmm. we know that his name is actually Bond and all that other stuff. So, But I think think it'd be fine. So, I don't know. Uh, Craig was a co-producer on this movie. Yeah, so. I thought that was interesting when I saw his name pop on the credits. Mm-hmm. You think it's just because it's last one, or you think he probably wanted has enough, more input into it? or Probably has enough clout, clout to yeah. get a producer credit, and um, of course, the more ticks that he has in the credits, the more money he makes sure. off of that. So, maybe they couldn't, maybe they couldn't go with uh, a salary increase, and maybe it was a you know, a regular salary increase, but he wanted more and say, okay, well, we'll give you a Producer credit, co-producer mm-hmm. credit, and that'll get you some more money. So it just depends on. You know, speaking of credits, I, I don't remember a movie where I've seen it say thank yes. you to the unit cameras and drivers. Because they weren't all listed, listed. in the credits. Yeah. And I noticed that the credits for this movie were incredibly short. Even uh-huh. this, Now, there were a lot of really good practical effects in this, but the special effects credit list was extremely mm-hmm. short. But yes, at the end of every piece, because they didn't list everybody, it's just, oh, thank you, drivers, thank you, daily crews, thank you, these people. And they didn't get listed in the mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. And I was very surprised by that, because typically yeah. we don't see that. We see, and, you know, the font selection size was nice and big, so mm-hmm. you could see everybody's name. You know, if this were um, uh, Avatar, everybody's font oh, yeah, would be like 10-point 10, 10 font, yeah. and they'd, there'd be a hundred of them all splashed on the screen at once. You'd never be able to see your name if it was on there. So I kind of like it, but I also kind of feel bad because I think anybody who puts some input on it would like to see their name yeah, up there. Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. But I can understand if that's not the way the production worked. But mm-hmm. I was I was surprised by that and also somewhat pleasantly surprised. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was. It was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't disappointed in it, but no. part of me feels bad for the people who didn't get their names up on the screen. Yeah, hopefully they got paid more. <laughs> no, I doubt, <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, Opening credits were good. How'd you like the song? Is that the first time you've heard it? No, no, no. Because we featured the, uh, what's his name? Sam. Sam uh, Smith. Sam Smith song yeah. over on Major Spoilers. Oh, okay. Before when it was, for the day that it was unle- right. uh, re- released, we put it up on the site. So I've heard it. I think it's a good singer. I think it's nice. Um, I don't, I just, something, there's something about Adele's 
Skyfall yeah. song that is just haunting. Mm-hmm. And this one wasn't so much haunting uh, as it maybe could be, mm-hmm. but it also wasn't rocking and rolling like some of the other ones right. that we've seen over the year. But it's a fine song. It's yeah, a fine yeah, song. Yeah, and, I think it, and I think it set the mood and captured the tone uh, for this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, this is something I thought I'd rather, rather bring up earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you think them linking these last four movies together sets a precedent for other movies having to refer back to these or have to set up in that same way? Or can we still get story vignettes of James Bond moving forward, especially in the culture now that we have of everything is franchise, everything's tied in and there's triple sequels and everything's yeah. split in half. See, unfortunately I don't think we're going to, we're going to get away from that. I think mm-hmm. now that we're firmly in franchise territory yeah. and everything has to be tied together. I think it's very hard not to pull a Harry Potter, pull a star Wars, pull a, um, Jurassic, you know, world (laughs) kind of thing where it all has to reference back to the previous movie Mm -hmm. and tell a continuing story, Hobbit, you know, Lord of the Rings, all that kind of stuff. There have been some movies, though, that have been sequels that seem rather standalone. And I was trying to think a couple of of them off my head. But, you know, for the most part, they're just standalone. Mm -hmm. There are some standalone, but most of them are have to tie back into the previous movie or be a continuation. Oh, I guess the X-Men franchise, the last couple of X-Men films have somewhat been tied together loosely, but they're really their own kind of film, especially Mm -hmm. this um, last one with Wolverine, the Days of Future Past, was really separate from First Class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's there Mm -hmm. if people want to use it. I mean, the the connection was the same actors and everything, but stories kind of... I mean, I think shifting Bond characters and actors is going to put some weird things on it if you bring back same plot lines and stuff. Right. I mean, it, it could get odd. I think people overlook it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you bring back a new one, you keep same uh, M, mm-hmm. Money, Penny, Q, which right. I like those three. Yeah, I do. Those are, those are good. I really like Money, Penny, and Q right now. Yeah. Uh, who is that? That is uh, Naomi Harris plays Money, Penny. Mm-hmm. Q is uh, Ben Wishaw. Yeah. And of course, Ralph Fiennes is M. And right. I, and I really, or, yeah, those are three really work together. Or as I couldn't get out of my mind the entire thing, like, why is Voldemort Running in my six, <laughs> he just des- he tried to destroy all the muggles and now he's protecting them. No, it's the uh, the 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 non what are they non mags? Is that what we're supposed to be called now here in America? Oh, that's the is that uh, what it is. Now? That's what the uh, that's what uh, J.K. Rowling came out and was like. Uh, I guess in the uh, be somewhere to find them that that were called no madge or no, oh, no interesting. What are we called no madge? No hyphen M A J is what we're called. And people are really upset about that. <laughs> I had not heard about that. Yeah, no madge is what we're called no in madge. America. Now, if, muggles oh. muggles are still in in UK. Oh, okay. But if you're a non-magic person in the US, the wizarding community calls us the no madge. Interesting. Yeah. Well, all right then. So... It's your Harry, po- Harry Potter trivia for this There you episode. go. I bet you weren't expecting that. I was not in you the think, slightest. Do you think this movie is good enough? Do you think it'll make uh, 650 to break even? Do you think it'll make more than that? Do you think it'll make a billion dollars worldwide? Uh, no, I don't think it's going to hit any of those marks. I was really surprised because the movie opened on Tuesday in the United States. Uh, at least that's what it was listed oh, on, yeah. on the pages that it, maybe it was a couple of places. Couple of, yeah, small but, And then wide here mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, but I, I was impressed by the number of people that sh- showed I was at our too, theater, yeah. but I was expecting a lot more. Oh, really? I was really concerned that I was going to get to the theater about quarter tell and sorry, we we're sold out. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting a lot of people to show up for this movie. I honestly did have a freak on... out moment because I saw a sign up saying they had already been selling tickets. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But we walked in and there was about oh, yeah. five people in the theater yeah, five and then people, they kind of trickled yeah, in there's afterwards. there's probably, I want to say maybe... 45 maybe 50 people total in there yeah uh but i was i was surprised it wasn't more because that theater will hold what 300 something like that yeah i was expecting it i was expecting the theater to be half full Mm. i expected at least one or two two more groups of people to be in our section which was right up front which is where in that theater now i kind of like sitting right since you brought me down there one time like (laughs) i sit there all the time now it's a good place to sit it is because you're not you don't have to worry about people right in front of you mm-hmm. and you're not too close up to the screen where your neck hurts from looking mm-hmm. straight up. Um, but you're also, you've got the screen that really fills your vision in right. that way. And then you're inundated with the sound too. And you also have some separation from the mass yes. of people in that theater, yes. which makes it nice. Yeah. Because right behind you is the walkway. And right. then, so you've got 
10, 12 feet before the, uh, the balcony seating starts. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is a good place to just kind of do whatever you want to do and not have to, to deal with, uh, with the crazy people. It is, it is, it is. The theater experience this time, not too, not too bad. No, it was good. The theater's they, really picking up their game. I guess I they like are. It a lot. Now that they've been bought, but was it AMC bought AMC. Them? I'm waiting for them to start changing stuff. I don't, I don't think they're, the I don't think that maybe, or... I think the deal is done. I don't think they're going to change the name. I think they'll probably keep it as a uh, subsidiary of AMC, so it'll still be Starplex, owned by AMC. Interesting. Kind of like how, um, you know, companies will keep their their right. brand, but they're owned by a larger corporation, mm-hmm. like Marvel is owned by Disney. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, maybe they maybe they did maybe they uh, like cracked the whip like yeah. hey make sure your projectors are hitting the screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this movie got about 67% Rotten Tomato right now. I think that's mm-hmm. a fair rating. I think it's fair. I yeah. mean, I, probably 72, I would expect by the time the weekend falls out. Were you looking at, uh, critical viewers or were you looking at uh, audience? Yeah. Critics. Critics. The, the old critics. You know. Critics are usually a little bit more harsh. I'll be oh, interested yeah. to see what the audience reaction is. And I would expect that to be, well, Metascore only has it at 63, mm-hmm. but I expect the audience's reaction to be, uh, It'd be a little bit more. I, I'm going to expect 72 mm. from the audience, and which it is. It's a good average James Bond movie. Yeah. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's a nice. I, I really thought Skyfall was a nice ending, but this one kind of wraps it up even more. Yeah. Ties in a couple of extra things. So yeah, I thought I thought it was all right. Yeah. Um, I think there's some good stuff, in, enjoyable things. Uh, if you're expecting spec or Skyfall level Bond. It's not there. Or Skyfall level movie. It's not there. Um, I think I heard someone describe this as a really good popcorn flick. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I would agree with. You and most kind of go with are. It. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, there's good. I think the bad is there. I I think sixty two is a decent rating for this film. I wouldn't go too much lower. I think that would just be piling on the crap and not mm-hmm. looking at some of the positives from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing Leah Sadu as the Bond girl. Um, only thing I've seen her in is uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, which I have not finished because that oh, movie's yeah, a week yeah, long. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched that one either. It's super long. I got about halfway through and I had to like go finish a year of college or something because <laughs> it was so long. Yeah. Um, but she, I think, you know, as bad as that love plot was, I thought she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, would you recommend everyone going to see this, or just Bond fans? I think if you're a Bond, well, you know what? I think there's something in the movie for for everyone to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I mean, if you were a huge fan of Skyfall, I think you're going to walk away very disappointed from this yes. movie. Uh, I think if you're a Bond fa- fan, you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if you're a Daniel Craig Bond fa- fan, I think this is a nice wrap and ha- gives Bond kind of a happy ending mm-hmm. uh, from the complete downer that was the last movie with <laughs> everybody dying around him. So yeah, I think, I think it's something you should see. It's probably nothing you have to see opening weekend, mm-hmm. wait for it to drop to the dollar theater, or I think really maybe buy it when it comes out on um, digital or DVD or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I don't think, kill yourself to go to this film don't crowd in the theater to go watch this opening yeah. weekend give yeah, it yeah. a week or two uh if you if you really actually want to see specter problem is though if if people don't come out and see it this tanks. this week then i mean <laughs> i mean look at what's happened the last couple of weeks though mm-hmm. right i mean we've had movies that have opened that have just you yes. know burnt I mean, crapped out martian uh, was still number one martian four yeah weeks. uh who, what was it uh burnt crapped out and then um uh what is fear is our campaign or whatever that movie oh, is. Uh, uh, something is our brand brand. Yeah. Brand fear crisis something. is our right. brand. Yeah. yeah. That one crapped out. Uh, goosebumps. Didn't goosebumps really do didn't much. do so good. What was the Last other one? witch hunters? Crimson bad. peak didn't do that good. No. So there've been a, a big string of just really horrible weekends for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course we've got the head of Fox, Rupert Murdoch coming out and saying, well, the reason why our quarters are down this time is because of that stupid, fantastic four movie. Uh-huh. He put the blame squarely <laughs> on that. So this is kind of a weird, interesting, critical time for Hollywood. I think mm-hmm. as we move up to star Wars of how they're going to deal with less than stellar results. Now, Disney could just be sitting here come you know, the next oh, quarterly report fine. and just say, <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. When Star Wars hits 2 billion, they're just going to be fine. Well, if it does, I mean, maybe it won't. Oh man, that would be, 
I I am I'm solely expecting Star Wars to hit two yeah, billion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I don't see how it doesn't. I, I'm sure. Uh, I think Hunger Games comes out this Hunger month. Hunger Games, that'll, so that'll that, get that'll a lot of people. Fine. What what, what day does that come out? Do you know? Um, I think it's the third weekend. Okay. Whatever that is, the nineteenth. Mm, yeah, it's not coming out on Thanksgiving. I don't think. Well, that could be somewhat problematic because. Also that week, all the new stuff lands on Netflix and Amazon and um, Hulu. Some, a lot of the new shows, like uh, Jessica Jones lands that weekend. Mm, uh, 20th. Uh, Man in the High Castle lands on yeah. the 20th. So there could be some incentive for people to not go to the theaters if they really want to watch that stuff. Yeah, but you're looking at a demographic. You think that's so? You young. You think? Because the Hunger Games? I mean, they're, so they're uh, when the first teen novels. But those preteens, just like you with Harry Potter, yeah. when you first started reading Harry Potter, you were, what, eight? Oh, yeah, I was young. So yeah. by the time the last Harry Potter movie came out, you're 21? Yeah. So the kids that started reading Hunger Games mm-hmm. are now probably 25 to 30. Uh, yeah, yeah, some are, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Hunger Games aren't, isn't that old. It's not, it's not. I don't. Years. I don't think Hunger Games is twelve-year-old movie material. I don't think their prime uh, audience. Oh are no, not olds. anymore. Oh, because the the books get violent, right? But yeah. so that's what I'm saying. I yeah. say the that the the people that have been fans of that series. Now, granted, uh, Harry Potter's the same way. My son is really into Harry Potter, and mm-hmm. he's eight. Um, but I I just think for Hunger Games, that movie is going to skew older, twenty-five to thirty-five. Than what people guess. I mean, yeah. look at all the Jennifer Lawrence sure. fans, and but it is. Um... Uh, nothing would stop me from watching that movie. I mean, I'm a really big fan of Hunger Games. Yeah. I was like poo poo on it. Yeah. Even well, the first movie is not. Good. No, I'm I'm sure the it's first movie's not good. I watched it. It was all right. It was okay, but it was not something. The there was other, nothing in it that wanted me to watch no. the rest of the movies. Uh, Catching Fire. I I will stand by. It is the best book adaptation I've ever seen, uh-huh. and possibly the best sequel I've ever oh, seen. Okay, even better uh, than The Martian. As an adaptation, yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Catching Fire, the second part, I think is going to do really, really well in the box office. Good, good. And what yeah, is this? The th- just what is this? The fifth for... movie? Is this the fifth Hunger it's, Games movie? It's the fourth. Fourth movie. Yeah, okay. it's the last one. So, this week, we've got Spectre and the Peanuts movie. I've heard good things about Peanuts. Oh. I haven't seen any advertising for it. What? How can you not? Uh, it's all over the place. Oh, well, I'm just... On, I'm just streaming all the time. Well, me too. But even then, on the YouTube, it's popping up. Oh, on, really? Yeah, I, I think a I've lot. Seen one or two for peanuts on YouTube. We're not going to go see it this weekend. Maybe, maybe the kids want to see it next weekend if they're interested. But they've not really had a lot yeah. of exposure to peanuts. So sure, yeah, it's that'll skew weird. Trumbo opens in two th- five theaters this weekend. Mm. Uh, but then next weekend, I believe it opens. Oh no, maybe it's two weeks. Where the hell does Trumbo open? When does it open wide? It doesn't show it opening wide anywhere yet. But it does open this weekend, maybe to get it in for the Oscar considerations. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next week is the 33, which I'm not interested at all in seeing that. No. Love the Coopers, My All-American. Oh, what was about oh. that Spy Bridge movie? Did that, that didn't do very well, did it? It did not. I don't, box office numbers? Yeah. I don't think, it, it got really high ratings, but I never heard anything mm, good that's, about it. That's sad. Uh, Thanksgiving week, we have Good Dinosaur. Really excited about that. Uh, and then Creed. Yep. That looks pretty good. I, I really want to see that. And then yeah. another Frankenstein movie. That's with uh, Harry Potter, right? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, we've got The Night Before, which is some comedy. And then The Secret in uh, Their yeah. Eyes. That's the uh, comes out the same week as uh, Hunger Games. Then when we get into uh, December, it's Krampus. Oh, the Krampus. The horror comedy. I've already uh, terrorized my kids about the Krampus because uh, I'm telling them that, you know, it's Santa's dark side. It yeah. is, And so now they're kind of like being a little bit more serious. It's the Vader of Christmas. Yeah, it's the Darth <laughs> Vader of Christmas. And then uh, we got In the Heart of the Sea coming out in uh, December 11th. Yeah, week. I'm excited about that, mainly because... That's Steven Spielberg? I think, uh, no, it's... Oh, Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. Um, that movie is originally slated for a spring release, mm. uh, 2015 spring release. Um, and then we got almost a month and a half out and then they kicked it to December. Yeah. I think it's because I think it was done. I think it was for Oscars. I think, Maybe. I think oh yeah. yeah. If you do it in the springtime, people are going to forget about yeah, it. Yeah. I think Ron Howard, Chris Hemsworth, something yeah. like that. Kick it into the December for Oscars. I'm trying to see if there's anything in these next couple of weeks that would be really super Oscar worthy. Hunger Games, Maybe. 
Because mm. uh, didn't Jennifer, didn't she win? Uh, she gets nominated, but it's never she, for Hunger oh, Games. Okay. It's like all of the stuff she does with oh, okay. Bradley Cooper. Creed has some uh, potential. Good Dinosaur. I guess there are 16 movies that have been yeah. submitted for Best Animation for yeah, the Oscars. Um, and then, then Heart of the Sea could probably be pretty good, too. So what are we going to watch next week, Zach? Uh, next week, you were saying... You want to dive into the world of Westerns. Westerns again. Steven. We did uh, Slow West. Yeah, we did. Uh, not too long ago. And I saw this trailer for this movie with, um, uh, what's Kurt, his name? Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell in yeah. it. Yeah. Called Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. In the Old West, a sheriff played by Kurt Russell, his deputy, Richard Jenkins, a gunslinger, Matthew Fox, and a cowboy, Patrick Wilson, embark on a mission to rescue three people from a savage group of cave dwellers. And then supposedly it gets really creepy from that. Ooh, interesting. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 88%. Metacritic has 71. IMDb has it at 7.1, which I think they pull all their data from Metacritic anyway. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. I've had it sitting in my uh, iTunes to watch list for about two weeks, three weeks now Mm -hmm. since it popped up. It looks creepy and it looks kind of scary, but uh, All right. I think it's I think it's worth checking out. Now let's jump on it. And, and there's I- another movie. Let me see if I can find it really quick. There were a couple of other movies that popped up that we might want to look at. Was um, one of them the Adam Sandler Netflix movie Ridiculous uh, Six, which I saw no, the first trailer for and looked no, uh, really bad? No, not at all. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. Let's see. What do we have? Um... Mr. Holmes is out. Yes. Uh, right now, which looks really good. You said that you watched this documentary called Maru. Or yeah. Meru. Yeah, Meru. About climbing and uh, a mountain that had never been climbed before. Well, climb it because it it's there. Climb it because it's there. Don't die. I did watch Paper Towns finally. Did you watch that? Oh, no, I haven't. The John Green adaptation. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Yeah. It's I mean, for what it is and for the audience that it was going for, I thought it was probably good. But yeah. there's a lot of things like parents are going to just let their high school kids. Uh, drive up to new England in the, <laughs> you know, towards the end of the semester. That doesn't sound like a good parenting choice. <laughs> then there's going clear, the documentary about the Scientology that is out now. Mm. And there was one more that I thought that I just picked up that I was interested in, in seeing. I think it was a documentary, but um, yeah, so there are some good things coming out on. Yeah. Well, definitely media that didn't bone, come to our theater. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk is what we're going to be doing next week. On Zach on film, getting back into the old gunslinging days. Uh, so that's coming up next week. In the meantime, you're going to have seven days to kill. Why don't you head over to Majorspoilers.com? You can look up all the great news that's going up there each and every day, following all sorts of manner of pop culture. Uh, you can find this podcast posting page there as well. Give your thoughts on Spectre, how you think it ranks in James Bond uh, history, how it ranks with the Sam Mendes, uh, Daniel Craig film. Give all your thoughts right there on that page. While you're there, click on Amazon.com link. Go buy all of the Bond films. I'm sure they're all on Blu-ray, are. 3D. Get them and everything. Yep. Uh, it's not going to cost you any extra to use that link. Right. You're going to have the same great low Amazon price if you use that mm-hmm. link. Mm-hmm. Uh, get that Prime shipping. Get there super fast. You can binge watch them. Yep. Uh, but none of it's going to come back. A little bit of that price will not go to Amazon's pocket. It'll come to major spoilers to help keep this pop culture ship afloat. Yeah, that's right. But that's it for this week on Zach on Film. We'll be back next week with Bone Tomahawk. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.